The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. So is the Republican Party closer to biblical values than the Democratic Party? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. I just looked at my Twitter account. I'm not going to give you the results yet. In a little while, I will. But, whoa, what interesting responses to my question when it comes to major biblical values, which party's political platform comes closest to Scripture. Very interesting results. And we'll get your take on that question, too. 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. This is Michael Brown. Welcome to the line of fire. At the bottom of the hour, I'm going to tell you what I was doing on Friday for, oh, 10, 11 hours, why we had to pre-record Thursday and Friday of last week. Hopefully you enjoyed the broadcast. We always try to make them extra quality when we can't take live calls. So I'll, I'll tell you what I was doing <laughs> this first time ever, and hopefully for the glory of God, this past Friday, I'll tell you that at the bottom of the hour, and I'd love your take. Do you feel that the Republican Party, the values of the Republican Party, by and large, are closer to biblical values? you feel, by and large, the Democratic Party is, or different party, or no party? 866-34-TRUTH. Why am I on this topic today? Okay, there has been a ruling now that's it gotten a lot of publicity from the IRS where a group called Christians Engaged applied for tax-exempt status and was denied that status. Now, let's, let's understand this. A few years back, if you remember, if you're old enough to remember during the rise of the Tea Party, some of you are very young listeners, during the rise of the Tea Party and conservative activism, that Many, many organizations were denied tax-exempt status by the IRS. Lois Lerner was the key player in that. And there was no question, the response. There is absolutely clear evidence of bias in the rulings, an anti-conservative bias, an anti-conservative Christian bias. That, that was exposed. And now this ruling. So if, if you just do this, if you take a second and, and type in a search engine, the words IRS, then Christian, then Bible, okay? Those are the words I used to search for, for headlines on this because I've been reading about the stories. You'll, you'll get headlines like this one. IRS denies Christian nonprofit tax exemption, saying biblical values are Republican. Yeah, that's, that's an actual headline. Let me read it to you again. IRS denies Christian nonprofit tax exemption, saying biblical values are Republican. This is the center square in Texas. What? They, could, that be, could that headline be accurate? That's not some type of right-wing exaggeration or caricature? How about, how about this headline? IRS denies tax-exempt status to Christian nonprofit group, this is Yahoo News, because, quote, 
Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the Republican Party. That is an actual verbatim quote from the ruling from the IRS. Quote, Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the Republican Party. That's what led to my tweet. That's what led to my Twitter poll. Now, how would you answer my question? Do you say, no, neither party has biblical values. They're corrupt. It's the political system. Or would you say, well, obviously it's a mix, but I think the Republicans by and large have much more biblical values in the platform or the Democrats in their platform. Again, we're not even talking about practice and living it out, but in the platforms, what they stand for, what they advertise, what they promote when they campaign and say, this is who we are. Does one party have more biblical values to the point that if your group promotes biblical teachings and you encourage people to get politically involved based on biblical teachings, that they're going to end up Republican or you're going to end up supporting Republican candidates so you are therefore political and you can't get nonprofit status. That's a large part of the IRS logic here, which is mind-boggling. So I wrote an article about it, what the IRS got remarkably right in the midst of a terribly wrong ruling. The ruling itself is terrible, and we'll analyze it in a moment. But what they got remarkably right was, was the idea that Republican values are more in tune with biblical values. Now, you may differ with me. We'll, we'll talk about it. Okay, so here's, here's the group. The name is called Christians Engaged. So it's an overtly Christian organization, Christians Engaged, and this is their stated purpose, quote, to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to what? Ah, pray for our nation and elected officials regularly, vote in every election to impact our culture, engage our hearts in some form of political education or activism for the furtherance of our nation. That's reading from the Christians Engaged website. So let me share this with you again. This is their vision. Quote, to awaken, motivate, educate, and empower ordinary believers in Jesus Christ to, and then I'll highlight the the main things, pray, vote, engage in some form of political education or activism for the furtherance of our nation. So they want you to get involved politically but they're not telling you which party to get behind. They want you to pray, they want you to vote, but they're not telling you how to pray, who to vote for, but they are saying, we want to base things on what the Bible says about abortion, what the Bible says about marriage, what the Bible says about relations with Israel, what the Bible says about justice, what the Bible says about immigration and things like that. We want to educate you in what scripture says and then encourage you now, go pray, vote, engage, etc. So let me quote to you from the IRS ruling, all right? Uh, This is part of the ruling, not all of it, but part. Specifically, you educate Christians on what the Bible says in areas where they can be instrumental, including the areas of sanctity of life, this is the IRS I'm quoting, the definition of marriage, biblical justice, freedom of speech, defense and borders and immigration, U.S. and Israel relations. So, sanctity of life, definition of marriage, biblical justice, freedom of speech, defense and borders and immigration, U.S. and Israel relations. 
So you are educating Christians on what the Bible says about this. I'm quoting the IRS again verbatim. The Bible teachings are typically affiliated with the Republican Party and candidates. This disqualifies you from exemption under IRC Section 501c3. Did, Did you grasp the significance of that? That the IRS is saying that if you educate people biblically on sanctity of life, on marriage and family, on biblical justice, on U.S.-Israel relations, on borders and immigration. If you educate people biblically on this, then you're basically going to advocate Republican values. What a remarkable admission. I, I mean, again, I understand why most of the emphasis, most of the highlighting has been on the IRS ruling. It's like, why are you kidding me? They're teaching people what the Bible says and then saying now, pray, vote, engage accordingly, get involved politically based on what the Bible says. And the IRS says, well, then you're not nonpartisan. Oh, so hang on. So you can't get a religious exemption for teaching the Bible because the Republican platform is more in harmony with the Bible than the Democratic platform? Are you serious? What about just a local church that teaches the Bible? And then, hey, how many of your churches, your pastors don't tell you who to vote for? But they say, okay, here's a voter's guide. Here's what the Bible says about subjects X, Y, Z. Here's what candidate A says. Here's what candidate B says. So if they're true to their campaign promises, this is what candidate A will do. This is what candidate B will do. How many churches do that? It's common. And then you look at it, you come to your own conclusions, and you vote accordingly. Are you going to lose your tax-exempt status? Because if you do that, people end up voting Republican rather than Democrat? Now, I fully understand that the political system itself is full of corruption and flesh. It is of the world, not of the spirit, by its very nature. I understand that. And I understand that no party platform fully represents biblical values, and we can debate which policies are better regarding the poor and, and, and justice issues and things like that. We can debate that. But to me, it's, it's black and white in terms of marriage, family, Israel, freedom of speech, freedom of conscience, religion, the Republican platform over the Democrat platform any day of the week. Now, I am a registered independent, which is, is not my judgment on anyone else, not telling you right or wrong to, a, to, to have a party affiliation. I register as independent as a statement that I'm a servant of God and not affiliated with either party. So even though I, I can't remember the last Democratic candidate I voted for, and I voted almost exclusively Republican on, on values issues and sometimes just feel I can't vote for certain candidates because the choices aren't clear enough. But my statement before God is I understand that the kingdom of God operates on a different level. But as a citizen of America with a, a great privilege of casting a vote, I voted a certain way. And it's based on looking at party platforms and comparing them to biblical values. And in that sense, although the IRS ruling is preposterous and wrong and terrible and, and, and idiotic and, and I believe will be overturned on appeal, we shall see. At the same time, I believe that the IRS individual involved in making the statement is onto something, hit on something right. So let's take a look at the Twitter poll results and then we'll hear from you. 
So again, this is what I posted on Twitter barely two hours ago. When it comes to major biblical values, which political party's platform comes closest to Scripture? Now, 48.4% said no party. 3.6% other party. They asked them to specify. Only 1.7% said Democrats. And 46.3% said Republicans. Very interesting. Again, I understand that politicians may promise one thing to another. I understand that not everything on the platform will be implemented. I understand, again, that there is corruption within the political system in general. But that being said, I, I think this poll is quite accurate, reflective of reality when it comes to where different parties stand. We'll be right back. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. Again, I understand that politics in itself is of the world, even though there's good in it, even though there can be righteous decisions, even though lives can be saved, it is a system based in the world so that you can have a majority of the nation is ungodly and hates biblical values and they vote in politicians accordingly. You can have people standing for a good platform, but they themselves are just power hungry. And, and you may have greed going on behind the scenes. And hey, I know the principle, but I can't take a stand here because it'll cost me an election. and I'm going to make money off of this agreement and so on. So I understand that. I'm simply asking when it comes to platforms, which party's platforms are closer to biblical values. 866-348-7884. So First Liberty Institute, this is uh, one of the major Christian legal firms nationally, and they specialize in First Amendment rights and freedom of religion, speech, and conscience. So uh, First Liberty argued that the IRS ruling, quote, errs in three ways. So this is speaking specifically of Christians engaged. One, in advance a non-existent requirement that exempt organizations be neutral on public policy issues. Two, it incorrectly concludes that Christians engage primarily serves private non-exempt purposes rather than public exempt purposes because he thinks, this is the fellow who wrote the ruling, he thinks its beliefs overlap with the Republican Party's policy positions. And three, it violates the First Amendment's free speech and free exercise and establishment clauses by engaging in both viewpoint discrimination and religious discrimination. So, yeah, uh, clearly enough, those are strong arguments. Now, there are other points in the ruling, but you heard the heart of it in terms of, of what I read. So here, here's what's interesting. Uh, a Red State article uh, noted this. Well, well, hang on. Check out, check out this headline. Red State conservative editorial site uh, says this. The IRS says if you believe in God and the Bible, you are working for the GOP. So this is a few days back, and, and they hit on the absurdity and the irony of this. The IRS says if you believe in God and the Bible, you're working for the GOP. So 
in another Red State editorial, it said this, the Bible, yes, IRS, the word is capitalized, is not neutral on the sanctity of life. It is not neutral on homosexuality. It is not neutral on marriage. It is not neutral on justice. Now, there's a tremendous debate about whether Democrat measures help the poor, help inner city, help education more than Republican policies. There's debate about that. Some would say the Republicans ignore the poor, etc. Others would say, no, it's the Democrats that are keeping the poor, the poor. We can debate that. We can debate immigration-related questions. But to me, there's no debate on marriage, family, Israel, freedom of speech, religion, when it comes to each party's platforms and even actions, who's on the biblical side and who's not. Let me say it once more. My hope is not in a party or a politician. My hope is in Jesus and the gospel and the church rising up in the power of the spirit, bringing change to the nation through the preaching of the gospel, through holy living, through service, through love. That's, that's where my hope and emphasis is. But we're in this world, and we do vote, and how we vote has implications, obviously. So here's what I wrote in my new article. You read on Charisma News, you can read it on stream, askdrbrown.org. It's it's up. It'll be up on more sites. I, I said this. Let's remember that the Democrats position themselves as the party of the religious nuns, meaning people with no religious affiliation. And it is the Democrats who become increasingly radical in their pro-abortion zeal. And the Democrats, who are pushing the Equality Act, which guts religious liberties in favor of LGBT extremism. As I noted in September 2019, there's no question about it. There's not even a desire to hide it. The Democrat Party continues to grow spiritually darker to the point of actually proclaiming itself the party of the religiously non-affiliated. Is it any surprise? Or as I pointed out in August 2020 with regard to the Biden-Sanders, quote, unity plan, God is never mentioned in the document. This is a major document that they put out together. God is never mentioned in the document. Not once. In contrast, the word gender occurs 22 times. Think about that, friends. God's not mentioned once. Gender is mentioned 22 times. More importantly, transgender occurs twice and in very specific contexts. Quote, We will act expeditiously to reinstate Department of Education guidance protecting transgender students' rights under Title IX and make clear that schools shall not discriminate based on LGBTQ status. In some, LGBTQ is mentioned 17 times in the plan, while religion is mentioned once, Christian and Jew and God are not mentioned at all, But LGBTQ is mentioned 17 times. Need I say more? And what are the rising, virtually unchecked tide of anti-Semitism and anti-Zionism within the Democratic Party? For good reason, the IRS pointed to what the Bible says with regard to U.S. and Israel relations. Here, too, the Republican Party stands much closer to Scripture than does the Democratic Party. So... While the IRS ruled quite wrongly in denying Christians engaged tax-exempt status, it ironically got one thing right. If you teach the Bible accurately, by and large, you'll end up siding with the Republicans rather than the Democrats. Well, do you agree with me or do you disagree? Let's uh, go to the phones. We'll start with Rebecca. In, we lost Rebecca. But Rebecca in Richmond said, 
that the Republican platform is closer to biblical values than the Democrat platform. So here, I want to open this up for discussion. Last week, I had Christian sportscaster, but also Christian men's leader, Chris Broussard, on the air with me to make a case that reparations of some sort are biblical, that because there remain massive inequities at the starting point, say, for a black American family compared to a white American family, that things have never been done adequately to set things right. So the argument would be, for example, let's say uh, my great-great-great-grandfather got super wealthy with a company that unrighteously bought out all the other companies in, in, the, in the city that through political corruption and bribes and things like that, wiped out all the competition. And as a result of that, your family going all those generations back was completely bankrupted by my family. And now I've built on that, built on that, built on that, and it's a super, super successful mega company, and and I grew up in that, and now I come to faith in Jesus as a believer, so I want to make sure a company's operating well and and, and we're, you know, we're giving generously, et cetera. And then I meet you and we're talking one day and, and your family, it's just, you've been stuck, kind of in a rut. The bottom fell out a few generations back and you've just never been able to get way ahead because everybody's got to start working at a young age and you haven't been able to get better educated and kind of trapped in a rough part of the inner city and so on. And it's just been multi-generational and we get to talking and I find out, hey, it was my great, 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 great friend, whatever numbers I did, his, his, his sin that made me rich and his sin that made you poor, what would I do about it? What would I feel is a righteous thing to do about it? So those are the kind of questions that, that Chris was challenging us to ask and saying, look, black Christians generally vote Democrat for XYZ reasons. White Christians vote Republican for XYZ reasons. And and somehow we need to have conversation and come together. So so, so listen, you know that I am very happy to tackle difficult issues with openness and honesty. You know that I'm not coming just with either some racist, white supremacist, conservative values, rule mentality, separated from the gospel of Jesus, separated from being founded in Scripture. And you know, on the other hand, I'm not trying to be some woke person and everywhere you look, I've got BLM stickers. I'm trying to be a Jesus follower. and, And my perspective is colored also as being a Jewish believer in Jesus. So always in the minority, minority in the Jewish community, minority in the church, and with the history of my people being hated and persecuted, rejected, et cetera. So... I, I am doing my best, hopefully like you are too, to not be looking at things primarily through the lens of politics, primarily through the lens of what the media says, primarily through the lens of what's trending in the news, but rather, Father, what's on your heart? What does Scripture say? And to me, there is no question that there is a concerted effort in America, a growing effort. I've been watching it grow for many years a growing effort to demonize followers of Jesus, conservative Bible-based followers of Jesus. And the white evangelical association with Donald Trump 
made it very easy now to demonize all white evangelicals as loudmouth bigots or as white supremacists, as if, yes, we all stormed the Capitol on January 6th. So it's been very convenient. And now you add in COVID and certain views you're allowed to talk about on social media, others you're not, and certain things the media will report, others won't be reported. So censorship has risen in ways that we have never, we've never seen anything close to this in our society, to the best of my knowledge. So my battle is ultimately not a political battle. My battle is a gospel battle. It's a battle over truth. And in the midst of that, if I see a party going in a direction I believe is dangerous and destructive, I'll call it out. Let's do my best to speak the truth. Okay, so where was I? What was I doing this, this past Friday? And why should you care? I'll be right back. It's the Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Hey, a quick question for you. Have you been confronted with a flood of gay pride stuff this month? Kind of wherever you turn, boom, there it is. If so, post it on social media, on our Facebook or YouTube threads as you're watching, or Give me a call, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. Okay, so this past Friday, I was in Cincinnati, and I was doing a movie shoot. I, I was part of a movie. Now, I've done TV shows for years, and even on-the-street shows, scripted and things, but as me, Right. And then, you know, preaching for decades, you role play, you act out one part, another part, but it's your words, it's your thoughts. And then, you know, I'm, I'm on shows as a guest, but as me. And so, you know, in front of the camera for decades, but as, as me, right? I've, <laughs> since maybe being in junior, elementary school, junior high or something, I haven't acted as someone else. But that's, that's what I was doing on Friday. And in order to get to Cincinnati in a timely way, I had to pre-record the Thursday show. So I solicited a bunch of questions on social media to answer Jewish-related questions and had some great clips and Jewish background teaching and things I did for the Thursday show. Then Friday, I solicited questions also from social media, and we pre-recorded those shows before I flew out. So you say, well, what was the role and what was the movie and why were you doing it? Uh, the question as to why I was doing it did strike me as things got closer. And I was like, okay, I got to memorize all these lines and then somehow have to deliver them in a way that doesn't mess up the movie, right? You know, again, if it's one thing, if just to have me on preaching or as radio host or whatever, so just, just being me. So we can all do that and you just be yourself. Just do what you do, be yourself. But you know, I didn't want to mess up the whole movie. And even though I have a minor role, I'm in the beginning and the end, I'm, I'm a major part of the movie. In other words, my story is a major theme that runs through the movie. Even though as a character, I only appear at the beginning and the end and maybe about, I don't know, 460 words of, of lines. But, you know, the night before I'm thinking, okay, I flew here 
and I got to mem- make sure I've got these lines memorized properly, and we'll be shooting all day tomorrow. Why in the world did I agree to do it? And, you know, because my schedule's intense, like many of yours, and I have to say no to all kinds of things. And I have priorities in my life, as you do, that come first, that are non-negotiable. So that's to be a good reason for me to pre-record a show. Obviously, you get, you're going to get the best quality show we can produce, but I can't take live calls, et cetera, or comment on breaking news or anything like that. So I have to have a, a good reason to pre-record, like my annual trip to India. That's, that's a good reason to pre-record a special series for that week. So why would I do something to pre-record shows, to go away, memorize lines, be part of a movie when I'm not an actor, right? Is that taking me away from gospel work? Is it, or is it lack of good priorities there? I mean, questions that I would ask before I do something, questions that Nancy asked me, like, why, why are you doing this? So uh, I'll be totally candid with you. The first is it seemed like a really neat opportunity. And I'll tell you how it came about in a moment. It just, it really seemed like a, a neat opportunity that, yeah, I, why not? It's a genuine invitation from, from a, a Christian movie production. It's not some multi-million dollar production, you know, where you're flying in helicopters and, you know, jumping over vol- volcanoes and things like that. But it's going to be serious production. But it's a powerful message. It's, it's, a, it's a movie about race relations with a real powerful message in it and real life people going through the struggles. So what, a, what an ideal role to play. What, what, as someone giving wisdom and scripture and setting an example, what a, what a role to play. So what a privilege. So here's what happened. Uh, Craig Brown is a black producer or director, actor, married to a white woman. Uh, They do ministry together as an interracial couple. They've got a bunch of kids already and do a podcast together. And he he acted in a movie uh, called God's Fool, about the transformation in his life as he's, you know, acting out a part and had him on the air to talk about it. Got to know him, you know, talking about the church and race relations and things like that. Because nothing pushes the envelope like an interracial couple with, with interracial kids, right? You know, that, that really is hardcore in terms of, okay, these are families blending together. These are cultures blending together. Your, your kids uh, will, will now have some of the image of the mom and some of the image of the dad in unique ways. So, so this is really powerful in terms of thinking race relations, talking race relations. So some months after he was on the air with me, he contacted me and he'd been following my ministry for years. Dr. Brown, putting out, we're doing a new movie and the name of the movie is Shooting Doves. So you can follow it on Instagram for updates. Shooting Doves movie. Shooting Doves movie. It may be out as early as this fall or winter, otherwise early next year, no later than spring. But what we'll see, it's, it's almost done in terms of the shooting and then the you know, all the post-production, all that, when they get it out. So we'll see. We'll let you know. Um, but he said, hey, Dr. Brown, I, I, there's a role I think is ideal for you to play in the movie. Uh, so I am Harold. <clears throat> yeah. Harold, the always smiling, full of grace, full of love, store clerk. Yeah. And something happens to Harold that's real bad. And it shakes the, the community. And um, so I'm at the beginning of the movie, and then at the end, and at the end, I really get to 
speak my heart and share gospel truth and uh, speak to a couple that, well, are they going to come together or stay together as an interracial couple or not? And probably the highlight of it is powerful music throughout. It's got newly written songs that, that have a powerful message. And um, <laughs> so it was a new world. Now, now here's, here's the funny thing to, to, add, to add in to all of this. Um, but I prayed, you know, we all prayed for grace and anointing on what we do, that the Lord will be glorified through it. And, and even though it's a Christian-themed movie, it's not Christian in terms of it, the characters are involved in church, but they're also, also in the world in different ways. So, and, and they've got their blind spots and things you'll be able to relate to culturally. In, in many ways. So I think it's done with sensitivity. Uh, and some of the others in the movie have, you know, acting experience in major shows and, you know, appeared in other movies and stuff. So <laughs> they said everything went fine. In my viewpoint, it's like, yeah, I know I memorized a lot. Memorization is not an issue for me. But acting as someone else, and you're sitting in the room, you're talking to the, to the actors, right? And that's okay. Let's go through the script. And so it's like, why are you angry? Why are you sad? Like, oh, you're acting. It's like, I, so it was just, again, that part was a new experience. Role playing, doing things, you know, where you're, you're doing it yourself at your own initiative. That's, that's a totally different ballgame, right? But funnily enough, uh, let, let's just say that something happens to me that leaves me with some injuries, Okay. Something happens to me in the movie that leaves me with some injuries. Well, it, it just so happens that the day before the shoot, I was at the store, grocery store, picking up something for Nancy, trying to find the right product, and was looking around and didn't see there was something right at head level, and it dinged me on my head. I thought, ooh, I felt that. And the next morning, I noticed that maybe you could see it somewhere right in the middle of my forehead if you're watching otherwise listening just imagine it but it's a nice little scratch running under my hairline going back so I just I drew blood it's a scratch there so I, I drew their attention to it saying hey uh we may want to cover this up or we may want to enhance this depending on which stage of the movie it is so uh, enough said a shooting doves movie uh and if, if you don't follow me on Instagram, you know, we're most active on Facebook in terms of our largest audience there, uh, maybe like 580-something thousand followers there. And then YouTube's almost 130,000, and Twitter, I don't know, 42, 43,000. But we, we're, we become very active on Instagram, but in a totally different way. I have more fun there. We, we put out all kinds of videos, some real serious, some with a little nugget, some for fun. And Instagram audience is, is also, by and large, younger than the Facebook audience. But if you don't follow me on Instagram, please do so. It's dr. 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 Michael Brown. Now, on Twitter, there's an L in the middle, my middle initial L. Instagram, not. So dr. Michael Brown. And you'll get updates on the movie. You'll get updates on other things like our new debate show that will start airing next week on the Awakening TV network. We'll tell you more about that. That's debatable. Uh, and the episodes that you'll be able to watch there. Any, anyway, anyway. So I, I, really, I really pray that the Lord will use the movie to minister grace and truth. That, yeah, it was a blast to do it, and it was fun to do it. 
if it had been some big for-profit thing and everybody in it in some cutthroat way to make money, and it was just, oh, then I wouldn't have been hired if that was the case. You'd hire some you know, top-flight actor even for a small part. But that was not the motivation. People are working sacrificially. People are pouring in and using the, the funds that have been invested in the movie to really come up with something of the best quality they can do. So they're really serious about that. But I know this, the screenwriters have really prayed. I know that they've really put effort into the songs. Um, others have written songs for it. So uh, praying it'll be powerful and praying that God will use the words of, of, of Harold, the store clerk, also. So uh, we shall see. We shall see. All right, 866-34-TRUTH is the number to call. And yeah, okay, thank you guys for the reminder. 30 minutes from now, count them. 30 minutes. We will be over on YouTube. We don't normally do this on a Monday, but we are this week. Our weekly YouTube chat where I just take 45 minutes to an hour and answer a flood of questions that you post on YouTube. If you've been part of it, you know how lively and enjoyable and informative these are. If you've never been part of it, it is at the Ask Dr. Brown YouTube channel. Now, that means if you haven't been part of it, you may not know that you can watch us live 3 to 4 Eastern Time on Facebook, Ask Dr. Brown, or YouTube, Ask Dr. Brown, A-S-K-D-R Brown. So join us there 30 minutes from now, and we'll take your questions on a wide range of subjects. So A-S-K-D-R Brown on YouTube. We come back, got some gay pride updates for you. It's The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on The Line of Fire. So if you know the, the modern history of the gay activist movement, a, a key moment was the Stonewall Riots in June of 1969 in New York City. Uh, this was a mafia-owned bar frequented by transvestite prostitutes, gay men, others. Uh, it was being raided yet again by police. Some of this had to do with gay activity. Others had to do with mafia-related issues, etc., but it was being raided yet again, and some of the patrons decided enough is enough. They fought back, physically resisted the cops, it ended up getting violent, ended up being crowds of thousands. And this was the beginning of the modern gay activist movement. Now, things had been building for some years, and there were gay activists back in the 50s making statements, and there were movements in different ways in the 20s. But this, this is really when everything traces back. That's why Stonewall is a word you'll see all the time. That's why President Obama in his second inaugural speech referenced three major watershed moments in American history. Seneca, so the women's rights movement, Selma, civil rights, and Stonewall, gay rights. So gay rights is now the same as civil rights, is the same as women's rights, and this violent transvestite prostitute gay men's protest against police. Violent protest is now something hailed 
as part of our national legacy. That's how things have gotten twisted. That's how much things have changed. I want every person on the planet who identifies as LGBTQ or anything like that to know the love of God in a profound and extraordinary way. I want them to encounter God's goodness and grace. I want them to know the plans that he has for their lives. I want them to know the power of the blood of Jesus for them. I want them to know that Jesus died for them the same way he died for me and everyone else. And I want them to find new life, hope, purpose in him. I have zero animosity, hatred towards the LGBT community. I have great compassion, as many have suffered a lot of rejection and gone through a lot of pain because of, of who they are and how they identify. I only want God's best for every single one of them. That's also why I so oppose wrong theology when they try to make the Bible support homosexual practice or transvestite identity or transgender identity. That is also why I oppose LGBTQ activism, which is ultimately in the worst interest of society. So the bombardment is constant during the month of June. It is year round, but it amps up in June. Now, this is something that I just happened to see in June. I don't think this was directly related to gay pride, but, but I, I wanted to show you this. So if you're watching, we'll put this up on the screen. I was, uh, no, let's go to the, uh, the survey, the survey first. I was filling out a survey for a tech company. I'm not going to mention the tech company's name because maybe we can blame it on the firm they hired to do the surveying and it didn't come straight for them. But, but look at these survey options that I was given. A simple question. How would you describe your gender? It used to be pretty simple, right? Male or female? Of course, originally it was how would you describe your sex? Now, gender gets put in because it could be you know, more options theoretically. It used to be pretty simple, correct? Male or female, right? Then, you know, now more options like other or something else. But check this out. The first option, female, parentheses, including transgender women. What? You, you can't just say female. You have to say including transgender women. Friends, if you are a man who identifies as a woman, you'd put female. That's the category you check off. You don't need someone to tell you that. Why are they even putting it there? It's not even female as a category. It's, it's got, you've got to go out of your way to say that also includes men who identify as women. Then, of course, the next one, male, including transgender men. Okay, then, next, prefer to self-describe as blank. And the box we can fill in the blank. Prefer to self-describe as, and now it's, it's going to give you, like, options in case you didn't know. I mean, it's almost like trying to educate you in LGBTQ activism in the midst of the survey where they're just getting in for you. How old are you? How long do you use our product? Et cetera. What do you like about it? What you don't like about it? And are you, well, somehow this question was important. Okay, demographically. Prefer to self-describe as non-binary, gender fluid, agender, so meaning no gender. Please specify. And now a fourth option, none of the above. <sighs> so if, you, you could identify as having no gender, but maybe that's not satisfactory. You could identify as having multiple genders, but maybe that's not satisfactory. Friends, this is social madness. The, yes, I have compassion on people who struggle with gender identity, especially kids. Of course, 
Yes, I know adults who've been through hell and back because of gender identity struggles. They had, as far as they can remember, their whole lives. Yes, I have compassion, which is why I so want us to do our best to help people from the inside out, especially starting with children. But this is madness, friends. This is societal madness. But in terms of gay pride in June and just the constant bombardment, I was looking for a review on a movie that had come out. I was curious to see how it was being received. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big moviegoer. Sometimes I'll, you know, I'll watch something while flying, but otherwise I'm, I'm not you know, movie expert. And obviously there's only a limited number of things that I that I'd want to watch. But I was going to Rotten Tomatoes to, to check something out to see what type of reviews. This is a major site where you get the reviews of the critics and the reviews of viewers. So here's what was on the homepage when I went and looked. <clears throat> Rainbow Tomatoes, 200 best LGBTQ plus movies of all time. I was struck by that. Uh, do, you remember, do you remember the first kiss, lesbian or gay kiss on TV and the, the, the furor over that, the outcry over that? Remember Brokeback Mountain and the controversy over that, you know, major Hollywood movie with men acting as, as gay men? Remember that? This is not just 200, but the best 200. Wow. And then I'm on Amazon all the time for various reasons. So Amazon is very aggressively pro-LGBTQ. So look at this on their, on their Amazon website. Amazon enters June bursting with pride. And then, uh, then they, they explain things. So I, I, I want to read this to you, all right? We just scroll down to the to the next paragraph here. I want to read what they say. They they have their own site uh, or their their own organization, Glamazon. Company plans to celebrate Pride Month with dozens of curated film and music series, reading lists, shopping experiences, and more. Pride Month is all about celebrating love and equality. And today, Glamazon, Amazon's LGBTQIA plus affinity group raised the new progress pride flag at Amazon Seattle headquarters. The new flag includes pink, white, and blue to represent the trans community and black and brown to represent people of color. The design celebrates the many intersections and facets of identity within the LGBTQIA plus community. And it's raising is just the start of dozens of activities and, Amazon, and events Amazon has planned for June. So obviously, in the minds of the company, it's a great thing. In the minds of many of the employees, it's a great thing. It's a celebration of diversity. It's saying, hey, whoever you are, be proud of it. I understand from the worldly perspective, it's about love. It's about equality. But it is at the expense of the very foundations of society the foundations of gender distinctions, the foundations of the reality of biological sex, the foundations of the role of men and women as husbands and wives and mothers and fathers, the, uh, at the expense of the meaning of marriage, one man and one woman joined together for life, at the expense of religious freedoms since you can not protest these things or speak against them or differ with them without consequence or penalty. And it is also an assault on the civil rights movement because gay is not the new black and trans is not the new black. 
Now, it's interesting. Last week, there was a major ruling from the Supreme Court. 9-0. Very significant. And there have been a bunch of unanimous rulings, so we shall see where things go. I mean, where the justices have said we can side together, let's do it. We hear always about the 5-4 rulings or the 6-3 rulings, but there have been more and more 9-0 rulings. There is a Catholic foster care service, with Philadelphia-based, I think, and they said, look, we, we will not place children in same-sex families, but we want to be able to place children in other families. Well, in the past, Catholic Christian adoption organizations had to go out of business because they were told, no, you must place children in, in same-sex homes. So children for adoption, orphans and others, uh, you can't discriminate. And their thing was, well, it's a violation of our conscience to do that. So they said, we, we can't do that, and we would like to be exempt religiously. And it was a 9-0 ruling in their favor. 9-0. So the most liberal justices, Souter and Sotomayor and Kagan, and all saying, yes, we agree. And Justice John Roberts said in his, in his uh, opinion statement for, for, the, for the unanimous ruling, that they were simply saying, hey, we don't want to be forced to do this. Can we just put children in, 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 in heterosexual homes? The answer is yes. Of course. Well, that should be the answer years back. Maybe, again, a sign that the pushback, that the righteous reaction continues to rise. All right, friends, we've got a special broadcast for you tomorrow. Don't miss it. And 15 minutes from now, we'll be back with you for our weekly YouTube chat. Don't miss it. Another program powered by the Truth Network.